I'm Anna Barnard. And I'm Maria Ramsey. And you're listening to Never Wear Boring Socks. Welcome back to Never Wear Boring Socks. We are very glad to have you with us for another episode this week. Today, we're talking about the topic of identity, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we identify ourselves and how our identities fit into the realm of young adulthood, since that's something we're talking about on this podcast. And we're going to talk about self-image and how it relates to identity, as well as how others' perceptions of us affect our identities. Um, And we also will talk about the idea of having multiple identities or a seemingly unusual combination of identities. Before we get into our discussion this week, we wanted to cover an announcement that we have. Uh, During the month of October, for every review that we receive, um, we will donate a dollar to the Hispanic Federation's Hurricane Relief Fund. Um, The Hispanic Federation is collecting donations to help Puerto Rico right now in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. So please consider leaving a review this month on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Um, We'll be looking for them, and we will be donating um, however many number of reviews we get. So now is the time to give us a review and subscribe. Yeah. One, it helps us. Like we've been saying, it helps more people find the show. And we want to say thank you to anyone who... Um, who does leave us a review and kind of pay it forward. And so that's why we're, we're donating for reviews. So like Anna said, now's the time. Exactly. Yeah. And this is a super important cause right now. I think it's hard to know what to do mm-hmm. when we're so like detached from that situation. But we also have a lot of compassion for the people who are experiencing the devastation in Puerto Rico, so we want to help them out, too. Right. Yeah. All right. Maria, what socks are you wearing today? I am wearing some knee-high socks. They're kind of wild and rainbowy. Uh, they were a gift from the Cheese Beast. And I chose these socks because I just went to see Kesha this weekend, and it was amazing. And she's on her rainbow tour right now, so the kind of rainbowy socks seemed like a good, a good match for that. And, and also the kind of wild print seems kind of like a Kesha thing. And it was really fun. I like, was never really much of a Kesha fan before this latest album. It was like fun to listen to her songs, fun to dance to her songs every once in a while, but I wouldn't just like sit down and listen to an album before. But I really love this latest album, um, and I I have a lot of respect for her too as an artist and a musician. After learning more about what what she's been through in the past few years with her producer, um, and I yeah I just think it's really cool that she's making music again. And she was a really great performer, and it was fun. So I'm prolonging the the Kesha spirit from the weekend with my socks <laughs> i haven't listened to her new album at all i'll have to check it's that really out. good is it okay you should listen to it yeah i agreed to go to this concert before i had listened to it and i was like i don't know if i really like kesha's music that much mm-hmm. but but it's really good okay it was that sounds cool really fun yeah i'm glad you had fun that's awesome yeah. and what socks are you wearing today anna I'm wearing a pair of socks that not only did you give me, but you also Ooh. made for me. Ooh. Mm-hmm. These are crocheted socks. Crocheted by Maria. And they are a mix of purple and teal and pink and blue. They have a little scallopy edge. I remember those. And Yeah, and they're very warm. And today it was chilly outside, so I'm kind of like channeling the the chilly fall cozy weather with these nice. thick socks. 
Well, so I'm, I'm glad you're making use of those socks that I made. Yeah, I like these socks a lot. <laughs> Good, I'm <Yeah>. glad. <laughs> so, Maria's crocheted socks are the socks that I chose for today. Excellent. Yes. So, starting off our conversation about identity, we just kind of want to do a little intro. I know we've talked about this a little bit before, obviously, but we wanted to go into a little bit about what words we use to identify ourselves and kind of what those mean for us. So, Maria, what are just like some terms that you would label yourself as, as an individual? Like when you are... Right, like when you introduce yourself to someone or whatever, like I am Maria and I am a or whatever. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's necessarily like how I would introduce myself to somebody because I feel like we tend to introduce ourselves based on our uh, professions. True. Okay, that's but, true. That's true. But I feel like if I was trying to like tell somebody who I actually was outside of what I do for work, Mm -hmm. I would definitely say I'm creative, which we talked about in our episode on creativity. Um, I would probably also say artistic and musical because that's kind of how my creativity shows up in my life. And artistic for me also kind of has to do with the fact that I'm always looking for beauty in the world I think of all different kinds and I'm always seeking to create it Mm -hmm. in the work that I do um I would also say that I am compassionate and I'm a thoughtful person and I'm also pretty optimistic and idealistic as well so those are some of the things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. What about you, Anna? Um, I definitely, I mean, as we've discussed before, I just, I ended, I identify myself as like a creative person. Um, I would go along the lines of, I would agree with you in identifying myself as like a compassionate person generally, I hope. I generally identify myself as a fairly empathetic person, or at least try to be, um, mm-hmm. And I've always regarded myself as a positive person, but that's definitely, like, ebbed and flowed in the past few years, so I'm trying to improve upon that part of my identity. Um, Let's see. What else? I identify myself as... Some things I identify myself on based, like, on what activities I do, so... I identify myself as, like, a runner because I've done that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I will identify myself based on my diet. So I'm a vegetarian. So mm-hmm. that's important when I'm eating with other people mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Um, so things like that um, are kind of ways that I use to identify myself, I guess. It's not just, like, uh, characteristics, but also like, roles I play in my own life, maybe, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And one part of my identity that I've kind of been, like, going back and forth on a lot in the past year or so is whether I'm introverted or extroverted, which is, like, a big one, I know. For a lot of people, it's like, are you introverted or are you extroverted? There's a lot of, like, personality tests based on introversion or extroversion or whatever. Um, And I always thought I was, like, a very extroverted person, but in the past year, I've, like got way more introverted um and need time to myself way more i definitely needed time to myself beforehand but now um i find myself turning to that much more than i used to so that's part of my identity that i'm still like kind of figuring out i guess Mm. how do you think that like plays out in your life like does that affect how you go about your life whether you think of yourself as an introvert or an extrovert sort of um I was, it's, I've especially, like, been aware of it entering college because I'm trying to kind of analyze, like, how I'm interacting with people because part of college is, like, trying to make new friends. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and part of it for me is that I haven't really been reaching out that much to people because I have been very like wanting to spend time with myself to like make this adjustment the best that it can be for me. And so like on the weekends, instead of like wanting to go out and do things with friends, I'll like want to stay in and read a book or whatever, mm-hmm. or like I'll be in class and people will be talking and I just like won't talk because I like just need time to adjust or whatever. And so I feel like before or in a previous part of my life, I would have been more outgoing with new people. Mm-hmm. So I like I think I've more just more been more like attuned to that. Yeah. Recently because of like the situation I'm in. Do you think that like feeling more introverted has to do with more like just where you are right now? What your situation you're in? It could be. Yeah. Um I also noticed it a little bit last year like during senior year of high school, I wanted to spend more time just by myself. And I felt less comfortable around people all the time. Like, usually during the school year, I would do my homework and stuff. But then I would, like, really need time to spend with people. But last year a lot, I would come home and be like, no one talked to me. I need to be by myself. So I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know if part of it is, like, Mm -hmm. the circumstances that I've been in. um, And I've just gotten really, like, worn out from doing a lot of the school stuff where you're interacting with people all the time. And later in life, I'll get more extroverted or if like my identity is just changing or if this has always been here, but now it's like manifesting itself more. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think like the whole extroversion introversion thing is like way more complicated than people make it out to be. I think it is too. And whenever I take one of those personality tests that tries to find out whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert, half the questions I'm, I like can't answer them because I feel like it depends on the situation or the people involved or exactly where I am because I can, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm an introvert, but I also really enjoy spending time with people and I really like talking to people. Right. And I can be outgoing depending on where I am and how I'm feeling. And for me also, it's kind of gone back and forth like during some periods I feel more extroverted and some periods I feel more introverted so I think part of it is that we kind of are changing yeah which which I think is an important thing to bring up in the conversation of identity because if you identify as one thing and you get stuck in that one thing I think that can prevent you from certain experiences but if you allow yourself to have a changing identity it's more freeing it opens you up to more new ideas and experiences and perspectives exactly yeah no i think it's really important to be like flexible within your identities because if you get latched onto it and then it changes it's going to be way more difficult for you to accept that than if you are open about it in the first place i think Hmm. yeah yeah which is why like we talked about in the creativity episode that's why I find it helpful to identify as a creative person because that in itself can be a flexible identity. Right. Whereas other things might not be quite so flexible. Yeah, indeed. So building off on these ways that we identify ourselves, let's go into a little bit about how that kind of like falls under the little bubble of young adulthood that we're in right now. So, like, not only are we creative people, but we are, like, young creatives. You know, I think Mm -hmm. being a younger person definitely changes how people identify you and how you identify yourself than, like, when you're a different age or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's true. It's kind of hard to compare it to... Right, because we don't know anything else. Right, we haven't really (laughs) done that yet. (laughs) But... I think it definitely affects how other people perceive you, which does, I think, affect how you perceive yourself. And I also feel like something that I've experienced as a young person, one of the ways that I think about that is I just feel like I don't have it figured out yet and I don't really know what I'm doing because I'm young and inexperienced, which... I don't really think that's 
super helpful. Yeah. Well, also, kind of going along that same point, I feel like when I'm doing something creatively, I am always considering, like, how like how seriously should I take myself because I'm a young person. I, I don't... I don't know hmm. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, like I'll be writing something and I'll be like, how invested should I be in this? Because like, if I were older and wanting to pursue this as a career or whatever, then I would be like very serious about what I was doing. But since I'm younger and have more time, should I be more open to what I'm doing and more curious about it? Um, I feel like hmm. sometimes because I'm a young person, I expect that other people, like, won't take the things that I do se- as seriously because I am younger. I don't know if you ever feel that way. That's interesting. I don't think I've really thought about that. I think... Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I've kind of thought about how, like, since I'm young... And I'm going to keep creating, like, there's definitely a possibility that I'm going to look back and think that the stuff I am doing now is, like, kind of naive or not as good. It's, like, not going to be up to my standards later on. But I don't know that I've really thought about the kind of what you were talking about. But I think that's that's kind of cool if it allows you to sort of experiment more. That's kind of what it sounded like to me. Like since you're young and you don't necessarily have to commit to things quite so soon. Yeah. Because you feel like you have more time. Yeah. And it's not your career yet also maybe. mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can, it can definitely, it can definitely be like a positive thing, but I think sometimes it's a negative thing for me, especially when I'm doing like writing, like creative writing. A lot of times like with, other creative things it's not really a problem but I'll be doing creative writing and I'll be writing something and then I'll put like a bunch of pressure on myself and I'll be like well your goal should like be to get this published somewhere or whatever which is like completely idealistic and lofty because like I haven't even done that much writing and then I'm like you're only Mm -hmm. however many years old like you're only 18 why would you even consider that now but you know what I mean? Like, is mm-hmm. it is it productive to think that way? Is it unproductive? I think a lot of times, too, you see people who are very successful, and there's some people who got successful when they were really young, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm behind the curve. Yeah. But, like, there's also a ton of people who became really successful when they were way older or didn't even pursue the thing that they're doing until they were way older. Right. And so... That can be really unhelpful to, yeah. to compare yourself in that way. Right. So I think that can be tough when thinking about, like, the age differences in regards to that. Definitely. Yeah. So, it's interesting. It de- I, I think it definitely has, like, an influence on how we go about identifying ourselves, but I think it's important to just, like, always take yourself seriously and like consider yourself complexly like no matter where you are in life yeah i agree even if it feels like other people might not treat you like that yeah it is hard though Mm -hmm. i've experienced that as a teacher yeah because i feel like sometimes like (laughs) i'm too young for people to take me seriously sometimes you know, I've gotten comments where people are like, oh, you look like one of the students, even though I'm like a couple feet taller than them. Right. <laughs> and I don't really look like a third grader. <laughs> oh, but that's yeah, funny. that's something that I've had to grapple with. And it's hard to take myself more seriously and like really believe that I'm the adult in the room and I am in charge since... I kind of get the sense sometimes that other people think I'm really young. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, that's really interesting, for sure. So, in addition to how we identify ourselves, there's this idea of self-image, which I think is very much related to identity, but sometimes it can differ a little bit you know sometimes you say like i am this thing and i am that thing 
and like I am a blah like blah blah blah, but sometimes like how we view ourselves might conflict with that. Do you agree? Uh, what do you mean exactly? Do you have any specific examples? So, oh, this is hard to articulate, mm-hmm. but um. Like, let's say I identify as, like, I identify, I, I've been talking about this, I identify as a writer, but the thing is, I also wish I was writing more, and so sometimes I view myself as, like, not really doing that much, and, like, am I a writer, you mm. know, or, like, something like that, or... Um, like, I will label myself as a compassionate person, but then there will be a situation where I might not be as compassionate as I want to, and then, like, when looking back at myself, it's like, am I a compassionate person? Like, I don't know, I think, like, our abstract self-image of ourselves sometimes just, like, conflicts with the concrete labels we give ourselves. And, like, I think that's, like, very evolving, but I don't don't know if that makes sense. I think it does. Okay. But I think there are always... Like, because identity is such a complex concept, I think there are always times where you might act or speak in a way that conflicts with some part of your identity. Like, even if you are a really compassionate person, you might just be having a really hard day and you might snap at somebody. Right. Yeah. But then it is kind of hard to reconcile that with your view of yourself as a compassionate person. It's like, can I still call myself that if I just snapped to this person and I was really rude yeah but I think in those cases it is important to have compassion for your self also and be able to forgive yourself for things that you are like not necessarily proud of the way you're behaving yeah um and also to learn from them so like maybe you did this thing once that you it didn't fit with the identity that you want but if you can forgive yourself for that and also go forward in a way that that you are like not going to do that same thing again yeah does that make sense yeah i think so and also going into this i think not only is it just like when your actions conflict with how you identify yourself but maybe when one of your identities conflicts with like a traditional stereotype of that identity too and i think that can change your self-image so um like i identify as a vegetarian but some people might have this like image of a vegetarian in their head who's like I don't know, like a huge crusader for animal rights and they're like super big health freaks or they're like really granola or something or whatever. Like someone might have an image of that person in their brain, but Mm -hmm. I might not fully identify that way. And I look at myself like differently than that or whatever. I'm not saying that's like a traditional stereotype, but I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Or, like, I'm a writer, and so someone might think that means, like, I write all the time, or whatever, but instead, like, I consider myself a writer even though I don't get to do that much, but that's something I value, and it's something that helps me when identifying myself, so that's how I create my own self-image. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That also makes me think of, like, having sort of different identities that maybe conflicting yeah or that don't seem to make sense with each other um and it can be easy like really easy to sort of get stuck in certain boxes of how you think about yourself or how other people think about you right like i'm not the kind of person who does that or other people don't think i'm the kind of person who does that so then it feels limiting but i think it's very freeing to allow yourself to have these really complex 
seemingly contradictory pieces of your identity that can fit together. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's what makes us all such interesting people. Like, if we all fit the stereotype of... Or just, like, the stereotypes that we hear about. If you were just a writer who wrote all the time, or just a really crunchy vegetarian who was all about animal rights and did nothing else like that neither of those people seem like really interesting people to hang out with yeah but i think what makes everybody so fascinating and what makes the world such a fascinating place is that none of us really do fit into those boxes yeah well why do you think we latch on to those stereotypes you know what i mean i I feel Mm -hmm. like they're very prevalent and it's not like oh you're this one thing so therefore I see you that way but I think it's just easy for people to like view an individual as this one thing and like because they are this thing like then they must be this way or we'll just identify them in the realm of their profession but like maybe they are a scientist but then they have like an art business on the side or something right you know so I I wonder, like, why we go to those places, because I honestly think it's more productive to view ourselves as interesting, complex, diverse people. I think it's more fun to do it that way. But I think we just get into the habit of being like, oh, they're a doctor. So, like, that's how I predominantly view them. But, like, there's so much more than that, you know? Right. I think as humans, we just really like putting things in categories. I think that's part of it because it helps us to understand the world. And we sort of have certain frameworks that we've built based on our past experiences. And we like to fit people and other things that we come across into certain categories that we have in our minds because otherwise it doesn't really make as much sense to us. Right. Yeah. If someone identifies in a way that is conflicting to your past experiences or what you've seen before, then you don't really like want to take the time to actually understand that or it's just confusing to you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, how does that work? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I also think it opens up possibilities for like you to identify yourself. Like if you see someone with unusual identity combinations then you can be like, wow, I can have all these different parts of me that exist. And I'm still one person, but I'm also, like, all these separate things. Right. I think that's, like, very freeing. I think it is, too. I think it's so freeing. (laughs) This is reminding me of Kesha, of course, because I just have (laughs) Kesha on the brain. But (laughs) she, like, she's such a rock star. But she was talking about how, like, what the places where she really feels at home is, like, on stage, singing for a huge crowd, and at home with her cats. And that's, like, not necessarily the things that you would put together. But, like, that makes her a much more interesting person. Because if she was, like, just the rock star all the time, like, that's just what we expect of her, and that's not as interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing people who are like more famous higher profile having those sort of conflicting identities can be it's like giving ourselves a little permission slip almost to to also have those different identities within ourselves yeah and i think the more we identify as multiple things like the world is just going to get more interesting too mm-hmm. like instead of just having doctors and scientists and writers and artists in the world like what if we had like artistic doctors and like music mathematicians and like what if that was like the typical way we identified ourselves instead of just like as one thing i think that would make the world so much more colorful and cool i agree and i also think if we we're always open to the idea of people's identity changing yeah. and not even like if they're an artistic doctor, not being attached to the idea that they're going to be an artistic doctor for the rest of their life. Like maybe they are going to decide they don't want to be a doctor after a while and that's okay. And they're still the same person. And it's not like 
they're not a totally different person just because they're not a doctor anymore. Because there's the same evolving being. I think that can be tough because not only do we view our identities as like dependent on how we view ourselves, but also on how others view us. And I think uh, not only do we feel that this way, but I think it is true that people who we value have expectations of us. I mean, like, if I've acted a certain way for how many years and then I suddenly just start acting a different way, like, people are going to be confused, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think there's that part of it, and we're afraid to stray from our identities lest the people we care about think differently about us. But I think in that case, it's most important to do things that are comfortable for yourself. Again, I talked about how I've been kind of, like, changing into an from an extrovert into an introvert. Like, as much as I would like to be spending more time doing social things right now, like, I, I have to do what's best for myself in order to have a productive transition into college. And so, like, that choice I have to make for myself, ultimately. But I think it is really hard when your identity also kind of depends on other people's expectations. Not depends, but affects other people's views on you yeah I relate to that a lot because I feel like this is something that I've thought about quite a bit because I have often I don't know I'm kind of a shy person Mm -hmm. so I feel like a lot of people that I know but don't know super well have a certain idea of me and part of that is that I'm a shy person like I might not do certain things And then that makes it much harder for me to break out of that stereotype that I feel that they have of me because I, like, for whatever reason, I do have this fear of shocking people too much, even though, like, that in itself, I don't really care if I surprise people when I think about it intellectually, but somehow it's scary. I don't really know why. Yeah. No, I think if you lived your life without anyone else impacting how you identified yourself, then you could just, like, be whoever you wanted all the time. But, like, there's always outside forces on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go up to someone and say, like, oh, I'm a musician, and then they view you that way... Like, you have imparted into someone's brain that you're a musician. So, like, now there's a sense of you feeling like you have to uphold that. Yeah. And continue doing that for however long. Um, Right. And I think telling someone that you identify a certain way automatically, like, reinforces that identity into your mind. So, like, I think you have to be careful with how you identify yourself amongst other people because it is going to reinforce that not just in their brain but in your brain so you have you you definitely have to like think about how you identify yourself but sometimes identifying yourself is just really difficult too which i think is Mm -hmm. okay i mean sometimes i don't have the same self-image of me all the time you know Mm -hmm. well and it is kind of hard to try to explain to yourself or to other people rather who you are, what your identity is, because I mentioned this at the beginning, but I feel like when people ask you, like, who are you? What do you do? They're mostly asking about what you do for work or school. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily because they don't care what the other stuff you're doing is. That's just kind of a cultural thing that we do that's like... (laughs) a basic piece of small talk that we ask each other. But that always feels weird to me to introduce myself as a, like a music teacher, because that's only been something that I do for a few years. It does not feel like a complete picture of myself whatsoever. It's like a little tiny aspect of who I am. So it feels very strange to introduce myself that way. But then it doesn't really feel like they're asking for an explanation of, like, my whole 
view of myself as an artist and a creative person and a compassionate person and all this stuff. Yeah. And also there's the tricky thing of what if someone misidentifies you too, or if for some reason someone interprets your identity as different than what you would have wanted them to interpret it as. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like a pretty minor example of that. But again, on the topic of introversion and extroversion, my sister was talking to um, a girl who we've met at college who's in some of both of our classes. And that girl told Martha, um, my twin sister, that she was like, your sister is really quiet, referring to me. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, never identified myself as a quiet person. <laughs> so, like, I thought that was really weird. And if I... I, I kind of feel pretty ambivalent about that. But, like, let's say I, I didn't want to be identified as quiet. Like, would there be a way for myself to go about, like, changing her perception of me? I think it's hard to change people's perceptions of you when they get, like, one in their head. Yeah. You know? And is that something we even need to do? Right. Like, how much should we really care about that? Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I thought that was really interesting when she said that. Like, it's so interesting. Like, you come to this new place, and no one has any past, like, expectation of you. This has been a source of difficulty for me coming into college. I think I talked about this a little bit last week, but I come from a place where I've been there for 13 years in the same school district and everyone has certain expectations of me. And then I come here and no one has expectations of me, which also means Mm -hmm. they don't really know what I'm like. And so I might come off a certain way to them and they might view me in a way that like people at home wouldn't view me. Yeah. And it's just interesting, like seeing how people interpret you because I haven't been in a situation like this since what, like kindergarten when I was a very different person. (laughs) Right. So I just thought that was really curious. And like what what if that happened to you in a in a situation where someone misinterpreted like a core part of your identity and then that was something that you felt really uncomfortable with? Like then how do you go about that? Yeah. The you're reminding me of my experience at the beginning of college. Where I also, like, when I was in high school, I was in a ton of music groups, and everyone kind of knew me as, like, the girl who plays all the instruments and does does tons of music and is really good at music. And then I got to college, and I was only in one music group at first. And I had this, like, weird identity crisis where I was... Because nobody thought of me as a musician. So I was like, but I am a musician. I'm just not doing it as much it was so weird i am going through the exact same thing right now yeah because the college that i'm at has a really good music program um i think we've discussed this a little bit um maybe Mm -hmm. on last week's episode but i come in here and like everyone here is a really good musician and in high school i was like one of the best musicians at my school but now i'm like definitely not And I'm still in a lot of ensembles, but I went in here as a music major, and now I really don't think I'm going to continue as that. And I'm like, well, if I don't take music classes, like, am I still a musician? Or if I, you know what I mean? And, like, if I don't do this, am I still a musician? And, like, my mom played a lot of music in college, but then she went to college and stopped playing any music and instead played several sports. And, like, that's what she did. But she had to completely change her identity. And in the end, like, that worked out for her. But part of me is just, like really daunted by the fact that I might just need to do that and find new interests because I kind of came into this being like, I'm going to do these like this and this and this and this. But I also think college is a good opportunity to alter your identity. If you want to, like that's the benefit of people not having any expectations right. of you is like, you could create this image of yourself if you really want. Right. But that's challenging. If you had an identity that you liked before like if you yeah had a good high school experience which i know you did then it's it seems like kind of unnecessary maybe to yeah. start over i was talking to my sister about that she was like well it's kind of nice to be able to like reinvent yourself but i liked who i was before so why can't people just <laughs> people just know who i was before right that would make things easier 
Right. But it is kind of a nice opportunity if you want to change things. Yeah. When I remember, like, I thought when I went to college, I was like, I want to do lots of different things. I want to not just be a musician anymore. Not that I was just a musician in high school, but that's, like, definitely how people thought of me. Yeah. And it's a lot of what I did. But then I had this, like, this little crisis, like I said. I was like, oh, what do I do without doing all this music? And so I just, like, I did a bunch of music, and then I kept doing it. And I don't know if that's really... I'm glad I did it. I had a lot of really great musical experiences, but I don't know if that was necessarily, like, the truest to my own desires of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was partially a reaction to kind of not knowing where I fit into the environment around me. Yeah. Well, on the flip side of this kind of thread that we've been going on about other people's perceptions of us, can do you think other people's perceptions of us can help us identify ourselves or like help us to define our identities? Hmm, that's a good question. Because I think sometimes it's it definitely is difficult when you want to identify yourself some way and then people view you differently, and that can be really tough. But I think sometimes when you're trying to figure out who you are, and then some people see you this way, it can, like, reinforce that, it's, especially if it's, like, a positive thing. Like, yeah. if you're like, am I a... a- kind and compassionate person i hope i am but then if you have friends who are like yeah i think you really are and you're around people who um kind of bring that part of you out then i think that can like develop that part of your identity and strengthen it i agree i think it can be really helpful to have people reinforce certain aspects of yourself it it just makes them, it like makes you more confident that that is true. Yeah. That not only do you feel that inside, but you're also projecting that to the world around you in the way that you're behaving and speaking. Yeah. And I do think what you said about being around people who bring out those things in you is a big part of it. Because they're definitely, like, depending on who I'm with, I feel like certain parts of my identity are sort of highlighted like when I'm with my music friends we end up going into these deep discussions of music theory or something related sometimes um so then I feel like very much like a musician and then at other times I'm with people who make me feel really like positive and optimistic about life and then I feel like that part of myself is highlighted and I feel stronger in that piece of my identity yeah. Well, and I think some of our identities wouldn't be possible without other people. Like, I couldn't identify myself as a friend if I didn't have without any friends. other friends. <laughs> or I couldn't identify true. myself as, like, a kind person if there was no one to be kind to in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, good point. you need to be kind to yourself, but there's certain identities that um, can have really positive impacts on your life due to the presence of others in your life. So I I think it can be a really helpful thing. And I think maximizing that and minimizing like the negative or uh, like deterministic factors of others' perceptions on you is kind of the best way to go about that. Because there's always Mm going to be people who are viewing you this way or that way. But if you can kind of really focus on the people who view you in a way that you value and agree with, then I think that is a good step to take. I think it's always going to be difficult, but that's something you can do. Yeah. And I think just as much as possible, being really true to yourself as much as you can, if you identify yourself a certain way, but then have a hard time actually executing that, then people aren't going to view you that way. Mm-hmm. And that's way easier said than done. Right. But I think communicating as much as as much as you can, like the identifies identities that you're proud of, then that'll build positive 
images of yourself in other people's eyes. And your own, too. Yeah. It builds your own trust in yourself that you can be a compassionate person if that's how you are actually behaving in the world. Yeah, exactly. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. (laughs) Although, hopefully we're starting out in a relatively compassionate place and not having to fake it too much, I would hope. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. So, Maria, what do you think about the phrase, be yourself, in regards to identity? I feel like this is like a sticky subject that a lot of people talk about, and I can't really go into it. Well, it's very cliche, obviously. We hear that all the time, and I feel like we that's one of those things that we hear so much that it like doesn't really mean anything anymore unless you dig deeper on purpose, because if somebody just says that, it's like, well, ugh, you know, it like doesn't really have that much meaning in itself, I think. But I also, like, I like the sentiment behind it, because for me, be yourself means acting in a way that feels true to you rather than maybe what you think you should be doing based on what other people think you should be doing or uh, what other people think you are. I think it allows you to sort of Like I said, choose something that feels truer to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I definitely... I think the the best part of that statement, or the thing that you should take away from it, is the idea of acting in a way that satisfies your standards of yourself before it satisfies other people's standards of you. Because I mm-hmm. think we underestimate our own standards and we prioritize other people's and I think ultimately you need to see yourself in a good way and if you can do that then other people's perceptions of you aren't even going to matter as much right. so I think just like being comfortable in your own skin and doing what's going to make you proud well I think that comes off as really positive to other people too I think I think I know I and like really admire people who seem really comfortable with themselves. I think it's really Mm -hmm. difficult to be confident and comfortable with yourself a lot of the time, but ultimately people really look up to others who can do that. So I think just remembering that, even if you think like at your core, you're like really weird and crazy or like you're, mm, I'm trying to think. Or just in general, if you have trouble being confident with other people, I think trying not to care what they think is actually going to make them think more highly of you. I agree. I always really admire people who seem very comfortable being themselves. And that's kind of like one of my ultimate goals in life is to just be more of who I am and worry less about what other people are thinking. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of us are going for. It's hard to do. But it feels good when you do it, and I think, like you said, other people can feel that. And it's kind of magnetic. Yeah. Those people who really feel like they are being true to themselves. Right. I think the problematic part of that statement is when you say it to someone who may not know how to be themselves or not be completely secure in their image of themselves. Um, I know that's like been true for me a lot. It was true for me in high school. I struggled a lot with like, how do I really identify myself? Like, how do I really see myself? Um, And so when you don't fully know someone telling you to be yourself is like not really helpful. (laughs) I think, and sometimes it can be really frustrating because you're like, do I need to know? Do I need to, like, be totally sure as to who I am? Do I have to be one thing all the time? Um, 
like I think again we talked about it's really important to just be able to let your identity evolve like that's totally fine you know and I don't think we're ever going to be completely solidified and like this is who I am and this is who I'm always going to be like you might be one thing today and you might be another thing tomorrow I think I think identifying what your core values and identities are and trying to expound on those and I and and kind of figure out where you demonstrate those in your life is a good step to like being yourself and maybe getting to know yourself more like taking time to journal or do the things that really matter to you the most or whatever then I think you can develop a better self-image of you but I think it's okay to not know what be yourself means all the time yeah I agree and I also think like for me be yourself is more useful when I think of it not so much as the kind of words and labels I want to identify myself as which can be kind of like you said it's sometimes kind of hard to know exactly which words and labels you want to put on yourself but when I think of it more as just what decision feels right to me in this moment. Yeah. What would Maria do if she were not worried about anybody else or what anybody else thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think being unashamedly yourself definitely has certain consequences. Like, sometimes people might react in a way that you are not super happy with if you're yourself. But I think that also communicates to you who really cares about you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I think you do, despite other people's judgments of you, being yourself is most important because if people don't really like the real you or whatever, then, like, why spend time on them? Right. I think, like, the more you can be yourself to use our cliched term again um like the more you can do that the more you'll find people who really like that right again i think it's generally of you i think it's generally like admired to be yourself rather than not. yeah yeah and i think like if we're all just trying to be true to ourselves and not worrying so much about other people's perceptions i think it would be like much easier to identify the people that you really want to be friends with yeah and they're like we're all wacky weirdos but we can all find other people who we have something in common with who we enjoy spending time with yeah for sure and like the more open we are about our weirdness the easier it is to find other people who have compatible weirdnesses yeah, I think being being yourself, quote unquote, invites other people to be more open with their identities too. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, that's someone who is just totally comfortable in their weirdness. I can be that way too." So, yeah. I think it also helps other people out. Yeah, I agree. It's like a ripple effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's inspiring. And like I said, it kind of makes you feel like you have more permission to be yourself. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of that quote. I forget who this is from. I'll have to look it up. But it's like, be the ripest, you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world, and there's still going to be somebody who hates peaches. But like... Mm -hmm. Why be a mediocre peach if you can be a ripe, juicy peach? Because somebody's going to like you and somebody's not going to like you anyway. But you might as well be the ripe, juicy one. I like that. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> I think that should be my my words to live by. Be the, be the ripe, juicy peach. <laughs> so, as a sentiment, kind of finishing up this conversation, we just want to say... As much as you can to be proud of your identities and whatever those may be for you. And it's okay if you're not ready to share them with people or if you don't know what they are. Like we just talked about, sometimes we don't know how to identify ourselves and that's okay. But I think as long as you kind of work on being true to the things that you do know about yourself and getting to know yourself more, that's 
what matters in the long run. Definitely. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. So, as our call to action this week, we want to know how you identify yourself and if you might struggle with some of the things we talked about today, like communicating your identities or just deciding how you identify yourself and if you might have identities that kind of conflict with prevailing stereotypes like we talked about. Um, So, share with us some experience you've had with defining your identities in your life and what has been difficult, and what has worked well for you. You can email us, or you can tweet at us, or DM us on social media. Please get in touch with us. Yes, please. Yes. And Maria, do you have a quote for us? I do. In addition to my peach quote. Yeah, which was... That one I just... Pretty pretty spot on. I always have that one in the back of my mind, Mm because I like to think about it. But... I, for this episode, I chose a Kesha quote because nice. we're just coming back to Kesha. I feel like she's also all about the, like, embracing all the wacky parts of your identity. So feels appropriate. So this is from her song Spaceship, which is at the end of her new album. As I leave this earth and sail into the infinite cosmic universe, the wars, the triumphs, the beauty and the bloodshed, the ocean of human endeavor, it all grows quiet, insignificant. I'm nothing more than recycled stardust and borrowed energy, born from a rock spinning in the ether. I watch my life backwards and forwards and I feel free. Nothing is real, love is everything, and I know nothing. And this, this part of the song really resonates with me, and I felt that it was appropriate for our identity conversation because a lot of conversations about identity kind of revolve around our differences and what makes us distinct. And I think there is some value to that, to kind of distinguishing yourself as an individual. But I also think there's a lot of value in looking at the bigger picture and kind of looking at how we're all made of the same stuff. We're all humans. And like when you're looking from this bigger perspective and not so absorbed in your own individual issues, I think it's a lot easier for us to be kind to each other and understanding of each other and I also like that she says I know nothing because I feel like like it's interesting to think about all these questions but like what do we really know about anything yeah yeah and I like I like how she contrasts that with the the phrase love is everything because like she says she knows nothing but like that she does know Right. You know, and like that's what's most important. So no matter like how you identify yourself, just always channeling like love in your life and being a loving person is what's most important. Mm-hmm. And you can find it everywhere. Right. That was really lovely. Thanks, Kesha. Yeah. Kesha for the win. <laughs> You've been listening to Never Wear Boring Socks. Please tune in next week for our second guest episode, episode 10. Get excited. We are going to be welcoming Rebecca Cooper on to Never Wear Boring Socks. Um, And we're going to talk about a variety of things. Could range from regional differences with travel and living in different places to psychology discussions. We're not really sure where this is going to go, but it's going to be fun. And some fun facts about Becca. She went to high school with Maria, but she also attended the same college that I'm going to right now. So she's lived in the Northeast, but she's also lived in the Midwest. And so we'll get some interesting perspectives on that. And she's a musician. Yes. 
like us. <laughs> and let us know if you're enjoying the podcast. We would really love to hear from you. You can subscribe and leave reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. And if you need help figuring out how to leave a review, you could Google it or you could just send us a message and we'll help you out. Um, and as a reminder, for the month of October, for every review that we get, we're going to donate a dollar to the Hispanic Federation's Hurricane Relief Fund. So now would be an excellent time to leave a review if you've been thinking about it, if you've been enjoying the show. Yep. And you can find show notes for this episode at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash 009. Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. And we'd really love to hear from you. So please get in touch with us. We would really love to have a community of Never Wear Boring Socks listeners. You can email us at neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Never Wear Boring Socks and on Twitter at No Boring Socks. Thank you to Ben Ramsey, the Cheese Beast, for doing our audio editing and to Martha Barnard, our Twitter supervisor. And thank you to both of them, as always, for helping us with our music. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. And don't forget to never wear boring socks.